This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. One in six Australians will suffer stroke at some point in their lifetime, according to the Stroke Foundation. Getting urgent medical help is critical to survival and recovery. Patients from migrant communities can face challenges in finding the right assistance. September 12 to 18 is National Stroke Week and we're urged to think fast and act fast as soon as we notice signs of stroke. Amy Chen Yu Wong finds out more. 34-year-old mother of five Cheryl Chin didn't know much about stroke until she had one almost a year ago. I told my husband I was getting headaches, just sitting down and taking Panadol and then I needed fresh air. So I went outside and then I started getting dizzy and I remember falling to the ground. Everything was like a blur. Cheryl didn't think her symptoms were serious enough to call an ambulance. Luckily, her husband insisted and dialed triple zero immediately. Cheryl couldn't speak and lost movement on the right side of her body. She almost didn't make it to her own wedding in May this year. I wanted to walk down that aisle and I thought even if I was in a wheelchair or someone had to help me, I was going to do it because they wanted me to cancel my wedding. And yeah, I was just determined just to be able to do it. She's since recovered most of her mobility and can even drive. It was motivation, I think. I set myself goals and I wrote all my goals down. And it was just everyday life, doing things that I used to do before. Stroke is one of Australia's biggest killers and our leading cause of disability. Neurologist Dr Bruce Campbell is chair of the Stroke Foundation's Clinical Council. Most strokes are caused by a blocked blood vessel, so not enough blood getting to parts of the brain. Uh, A few are caused by a burst blood vessel where there's bleeding into the brain. And so when a blood vessel blocks or there's bleeding, that obviously injures that part of the brain. Whatever that area is normally responsible for would, would stop working. Dr Campbell says different risk factors can lead to a stroke. When you've got a blocked blood vessel, the reason that that clot has formed is usually uh, cholesterol plaque in the arteries and that relates to all the usual cardiovascular risk factors like hypertension, high blood pressure, smoking, high cholesterol, diabetes and then the lifestyle issues of obesity and poor diet. And there's also an irregular heart rhythm which is called atrial fibrillation. It's basically one of the chambers of the heart flapping in the breeze and uh, that allows blood to stagnate form a clot and then that clot can migrate up to the brain and cause a stroke. A 2014 Stroke Foundation report found of half a million stroke survivors in Australia, two-thirds of them have sustained a disability. Overall, death after stroke would be 10 or 15%, but unfortunately a lot of people are left with significant disability, so they might not be able to walk properly, talk properly, or they'll have memory and, and thinking problems, so they might not be able to drive or manage their finances or do other cognitive tasks. While stroke is more prevalent amongst older people, it doesn't discriminate on the basis of age. The average age is about 70. About a third of patients are in their working years under the age of 65. Uh, It can happen at any age. We have babies, children, teenagers who have strokes. When it comes to identifying stroke, the key is to think of the word F-A-S-T and act fast. Face, arm, speech, time to call triple O. So I think that's probably the key message for people out there to recognise stroke is the sudden onset of a facial 
asymmetry, sudden onset of weakness down one side of the body in the arm or the leg, sudden onset of speech difficulty where it's slurred or incomprehensible or uh, the patient can't understand what you're saying to them and time in that case to call triple O. While waiting for an ambulance, don't give the patient drugs or drinks. The main thing is really just to make that ambulance call and then just to keep the patient comfortable. We don't want people to give aspirin because uh, unlike heart attacks, uh, we don't know whether there's bleeding in the brain until we get them to hospital and do a CAT scan of the brain. And if you give aspirin and someone who's had a bleed, that may not be uh, helpful and may be harmful. Um, we don't want to give people a drink or something to eat because they may not be able to swallow properly. Lisa Munguiro works for the Stroke Foundation's Stroke Connect follow-up program. She calls stroke survivors after they are discharged from the hospital to provide free support and advice to help them manage their recovery. Recovery can be extra challenging for those from migrant backgrounds as language and cultural issues can make access to health services more complex. These include issues such as gender, generational and faith-based issues as well. Challenges that we hear from survivors include feeling that they haven't received enough information verbally about their stroke care. There's certainly feelings of being lost and, and unsure about how to navigate the healthcare system once home. Another common concern is a lack of interpreters from certain communities. And in those cases, families are sometimes used, although this is certainly not the preferred method. And this presents quite a few challenges for healthcare professionals who are providing the service. Yong Pham is a dietitian who runs courses to help people prevent the onset of heart disease, diabetes and stroke with the LIFE program in Victoria. She says migrants tend to end up with the same risk factors as the rest of Australia after adopting a more westernised diet. Their diet changes, so they move from a traditional diet to a more westernised diet, which is usually higher in um, processed foods, higher in takeaways, higher in fat, um, and that's the reason why their risk of stroke are definitely increased. Following a Mediterranean diet can reduce one's risk of having a stroke, which involves more fish and less red meat. Um, things such as um, having extra virgin olive oil. There's lots of evidence now to suggest that having about three to four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil every day can significantly reduce your risk of stroke and also other heart diseases. Having legumes and lentils on a regular basis, having about a handful of nuts every day, also having more fibre in your diet can also significantly reduce your risk of getting stroke. A healthy lifestyle change also involves regular exercise of moderate intensity. The recommendation is 150 minutes per week, which is roughly about 30 minutes five days a week. Um, so moderate intensity exercise is when you're doing some sort of exercise that increases your heart rate a little bit. Um, you can talk, but you can't sing. Find information on stroke in eight languages at www.strokefoundation.com.au. If you need an interpreter, call the Telephone Interpreting Service on 131450. Say the language you need and wait on the line for an interpreter. Ask the interpreter to call Stroke Line 1800 Stroke or 1800 787 653. Feature prepared by Amy Chen Yu Wong. And for SBS, I'm Margarita Vasileva. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more settlement guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.